Welcome everybody to the Saturday morning live stream here. With that, we're going to go ahead and get started. I see people are joining in. So as I always say, grab a cup of water, you know, get ready, you know, get a small cup of coffee. <laughs> Coffee's good. Always good to get going on a, on a live stream this early in the morning. Hallelujah. But anyway, we're going to go with this message on episode 12 in our study on the Christian Marauder today. So let me bring up my notes and my Bible study verses. Today's message is called the trumpet sound because we're going to be looking at the seven trumpets of Revelation in a way that you have not heard about, nor have you ever really thought about. And I haven't really heard anybody ever teach on this before concerning the book of Revelations and the sounding of the tr seven trumpets and what is actually going on here so you can wrap your head around it and, and, and see what the sounds of the trumpets war are all about in other words god's getting ready to do some carpet bombing so with that let's go ahead and get started have you ever felt like what the heck is going on how can the most diabolically morally corrupt people on earth never face justice and no one does a blank darn thing about it you see the evidence you connected the dots you see their corruptness it's outstanding you see their agenda you got the goods on them and nothing yet happens to them why does evil always prevail in its quest for absolute power and nobody does a darn blessed thing about it good lord god almighty is there any justice in the land why won't you do anything about it it makes you want to toss in the towel, weep as you see your nation and the entire world plunge, about ready to plunge into the grossest darkness is ever seen in the world. Evil prevails. It slays the good. What is good, noble, and pure is now the greatest evil, and evil is now the greatest good. Oh, Lord, why? You ever felt like that? You ever felt like pulling out your hair and saying, ah, why is this going on? Like Habakkuk or Habakkuk, Habakkuk, we cry out, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, contention arises. The law is absolutely powerless. Justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous. Perverse judgment proceeds. How long, oh Lord, how long? That's out of Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 from the New King James. I'm going to tell you, folks, the book of Revelation is a book that answers the how long. In chapter six, we saw the opening of, this, of the first of seven seals of judgment that actually outlined God's war plan against all evil and that he is going to do something about this once and for all. In fact, we see in chapter six that God is going to use the culprits of evil, the fallen watchers in the first four seals, to do what they want, to kill, rob, and destroy humanity who are allied with their own cause. He's going to pit the nature of evil against itself. And he, he lays out a plan of judgment on that. God, from this, he's going to collect such a preponderance of evidence of how manipulative, scheming, cunning the authors of evil are, the fallen watchers, and how they pit the nature of moral decency and goodness against each other to control it all, and what their control actually looks like and how they deceive humanity. Evil can no longer hide behind deceptive slogans like equality, 
fraternity, brotherhood. We have your best interest at heart. I'm for the working class. We're watching out for your best interest. Love is love. Social justice, baby. And they'll slit your throat later on with chains of controlling slavery through those stinking slogans, proving to all what the nature of evil is about. Then God's going to pour out the wrath of the Lamb on all the fallen. That is God's war plan out of the six seals. God's war plan can only be opened by Jesus Christ because he endured the full assault of victimization of evil, and he sinned not, thus he's worthy to judge against against them in the unleashing of those seven seals, God's war plan of judgment. Before the seventh seal is broken, in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1, there is a pause in heaven. That pause, in my opinion, that's last for a half hour in heaven, is described in chapter 7 with the sealing of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Think about it. Now the trumpets of war will sound against all evil. All the how longs we have are going to be answered. First, let's look at what trumpets were used for. I'm not going to go through a lot of details because I understand. When I read Revelations, this is military stuff. This is a military action. This is carpet bombing. This is utter, utter war against evil. So these trumpets are obviously war trumpets. And trumpets were used in war in the ancient days. How? To issue orders for how to launch specific attacks when which groups of, of troops to, to attack one specific target at particular timings so you stress out the enemy. That's what God's going to do. So against the foe, you attack what the wicked bank on as their security, means, and logistics, and levering tools to control the entire world's population. The seven trumpets are about that. When the seven trumpets of war sound, they, they are sounding forth a military strike, the likes of which we have never seen before against the fallen watchers and all whom they inspire to bring about their version of utopia into being. That, that, that long has been imprinted in the mind of man, that's been left over uh, to return to the golden age of paganism of Genesis chapter 6. Just paraphrasing here. I want to tell you, all this is completely explained in all places, the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. But I'm going to read out the New King James here. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Yet he who sits in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord shall hold them in derision. And he shall speak to them in his wrath. Remember, the Lord is called, and you know, Jesus is called the word of God. And he will speak to them, you know, the wrath of the Lamb, the word of God. She'll speak to them in his wrath and distress them with deep displeasures. Oh, boy, that's an understatement of what's going to happen here. Did you hear that in verse 1? Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Now, what in the world is he talking about? What on earth is this? Simply stated, is it is the utter control of all the world's Earth's resources in order to control a world's population. This is arrived at with the mark of the beast, which later on, and we'll see, where no one can buy, sell, or eat. Uh, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Is hinted and expressed in all places in ancient writing called Plato's Republic. It's kind of codified in that. 
It's older than that. It's older than the hills, but it's uh, Plato codified it. Plato wrote in his Republic around 375 BC. In it, he describes mankind's aspiring to create a perfect, noble world of peace and safety for all. But there is a problem getting there. The base nature of humanity or man ruins the idea of their selfishness and wanting to take care of their families, you know, and, and, and earn an honest living. No, they, that kind of ruins things. So the cure is to uh, aspire world leaders into a higher uh, philosophical reasoning and infuse it as a noble nature to better humanity for their own good. This is solved by what is known as the philosopher kings, the elites who control the business, commerce, arts, media, education, who move the masses to embrace the need for benevolent rule but with, by them, who alone can tame the base nature of humanity for humanity's own good. To get there in modern lingo, for you guys to understand it, is this. The ends justify the means. Did you get that? The ends justify the means. One must protect the resources of the earth and distribute these justly and fairly and equity back to a controlled population who are ruled by ruling elite class of benevolent tyrant king philosophers. To get there involves the following. Society is broken down between the elites, the overseer class, which are the police, military, who uh, only exist to punish the low ranks who threaten the order, and the merchant class, to oversee a dumbed-down serf class who supports as slaves the upper class. All Plato did was add the philosophical ideas of their god, the ancient god, storylines in modern terms. That's what he did. In other words, to bring forth a one-world benevolent government headed by a world leader who, by educational means, through education, by the gods themselves who inspire these philosopher kings, these elites, to tame humanity, to be good serfs and be good overseers. So they can be philosopher kings. They never have to work. They own it all. They have all the world's resources. They're the merchant class. Boy, they are the rich elites. They own all the banks. They own everything. And they're looking out for your best interest at heart. Believe me, they really love you. We saw this in the storylines of the patron gods over the seven cities and mentioned in Revelation two and three, who are all about raising up a royal bloodline in order to produce a benevolent tyrant king who will rule the world through an elite class. Nothing has changed. This is old as the hill. Probably began sometime as Genesis after Genesis chapter six through Ham's uh, uh, progeny and line and corrupted the world. Gary Wayne, who wrote Genesis chapter 6, speaks at length about the royal bloodline and all these things. Suggest you purchase, if you haven't already, Gary Wayne's book, uh, The Genesis 6 Conspiracy. It's about four or 500 pages long. It'll give you every, about everything you need to know. Okay? There is an old book out there, folks, on the market, and the videos are on it, too, entitled Silent Weapons. It is supposed to be a CIA war plan on how to arrive at a one-world government for humanity's own good. In other words, how to make war against any population in order to flip it to a one-world government. And it specifically focuses on how to do this in the United States. It was written in the 50s, and then um, <clears throat> and it was updated, so forth, and so forth. And so 
this document was released in 1979, supposedly, if it's real or not, you will tell me by what we see today and what's in its pages if it's not true, okay? And so the silent weapon is that supposed to be this uh, CIA planning book, this textbook on uh, a new type of warfare in order to bring the United States population into subjection into a Plato's Republic ideology, a utopia. To summarize, let me make it simple for time's sake. The book describes the use of science, mathematics, and the development of computers that can use algorithms to first collect data on what each person buys, what they like, track what they read, so forth, who they hang out with, whether they go to church or not, uh, everything, okay? And they manipulate that in commerce and market you and make money off of you, okay? That's the idea. Through the study of science and economic psychology and in psychology, one can control the world's population and guide them to a benevolent kind of mindset of charity, harmony, and love that the masses all lack because they're too stupid looking out for their own interests. They need to be turned into good global citizens. To get there involves the use of silent warfare weapons whose goal is to control the entire world for humanity's own good. This is accomplished only by those seemed fittest. The world's wealthiest elite class are deemed the fittest. Why? Because through Darwinism, they prove themselves true to the survival of the fittest because to get where they're at, so filthy, stinking rich, they have superior intellect and are the fittest destined to rule. They also have a royal bloodline connection or maybe some spiritual chosen connection to the goals of the highest ascendant masters are those fallen watchers. This is Luciferianism. This earns them the right to rule the rest of us, whom they view as unenlightened, unenlightened boobs, who, if left to themselves, will destroy the planet because of their need to help their own little teeny tiny itty, 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 itty bitty world and family survive. They pro poorly manage the resources of Earth and are in need of guidance and compliance to a greater good for all humanity. They need... Well, to them, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, they'll tell us. However, in reality, they are the few, but do not consider themselves to be that few, but instead destined to rule the many. That's what that actually means. So let me quote directly from the book, Silent Weapons for Silent Wars, that I have on PDF here. So you can get the picture of what they want to do. You listen to it and see if it sounds familiar, and you can make any connections with it, of what you might be seeing today. So on page four under the section called security, and I quote, it is uh, patently impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society. The engineering of social automation systems, silent weapons on a national or worldwide scale without implying extensive objectives of social control and, and destruction of human life, i.e. slavery and genocide. This manual is in itself an analog declaration of intent. Such a writing must be secured from public scrutiny. Otherwise, it might be recognized as a technically formal declaration of domestic war. Furthermore, whenever any person or group of persons in a position of great power and without full knowledge and consent of the public uses such knowledge and methodologies for economic conquest, it must be understood that a state of domestic warfare exists between the said person or group of persons and the public. 
The solution of today's problems requires an approach which ruthlessly is ruthlessly candid with no agonizing of religious, moral, or cultural values. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity and yet analyze and discuss your observations and conclusions with others of similar intellectual capacity without the loss of discretion or humanity. Such virtues are exercised in your own best interests. Do not deviate from them. Okay, page five. The original purpose of the operations research was to study the strategic tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies, against their logistics. It was soon recognized by those in positions of power that these same methods might be useful for totally controlling a society, but better tools were necessary. Social engineering, the analysis and automation of society requires a correlation of great amounts of constantly changing economic information data. So a high-speed computerized data processing system was necessary, which could race ahead of the society and predict when the society was would arrive for capitulation. Page seven. In conclusion, the objective of economic research as conducted by the uh, magnets of capital banking and the industries of commodities and goods and services is the establishment of an economy which is totally predictable and manipulatable. In order to achieve a total, a total predictable economy, the low-class elements of society must be brought under total control, i.e. must be housebroken, trained, and assigned a yoke and long-term social duties from a very early age before they have opportunity to question the propriety of the matter. In order to achieve such conformity, the lower class family unit must be disintegrated by a process of increasing preoccupation of parents and the establishment of government-operated daycare centers for the occupationally orphaned children. The quality of education given to the lower class must be of the poorest sort, so that the most ignorance Okay, so that the most of the ignorance isolating the inferior class from the superior class is and remains incomprehensible to the inferior class. With such initial handicap, even bright lower class individuals have little, if any, hope of extricating themselves from their assigned lot in life. This form of slavery is essential to, to maintain some measure of social order, peace, tranquility for the upper ruling class. End quote. Does that answer anything you're seeing now and why a particular party is striving to take it all in a 2020 election? Do you know the, what's at stake here? Now let's get back to the Bible in Psalms 2 verse one through three. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and take rulers, take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords away from us out of the new King James. What I read helps us explain what we are witnessing today. Like what Klaus Schwab of the United Nations World Economic Forum, the Rockefeller Foundation, the World Government Summit, what Clade X and Event 201 pandemic exercises talk about, what we are seeing in the 2020 election, 
why there's no prosecution of Hillary and all those who spied on Trump. Nothing is being done. No, evil is getting away for it. Oh, how long, how long, how long, Lord? I read many of these documents from the very organizations I just quoted from, from their own websites. I got the Rockefeller reports and Rockefeller report is discussed and Rockefeller Foundation is discussed in this silent weapons document as well as some of these other organizations that didn't come into being it then, but others like them who are basically it goes back to the UN. I won't get into all that. For example, the Rockefeller 2009 report and the 2010 report that I talk about a lot, scenario planning reports, point out the need to, a, to achieve more computer uh, greater computer capacity why to to increase surveillance yeah surveillance and as a need to control and monitor all aspects of the world's entire population and to get there you're going to use a pandemic you're going to create lawlessness you're going to have climate change rammed down your throat and the the mantra health insurance for all we're looking out for your best interest at heart you lower class boobs and um, and the destruction of West, Western civilization is all essential to maintain some measure of social order, peace, and tranquility for the ruling upper class through surveillance and monitoring and tracking of all citizens of the world. After all, if the elites be happy, then the rest of us can be happy. They know better how to live your life better than you do. You evil polluter, you uh, filled with backwards ideas, you want to protect your pathetic little family we elites know the best we are destined to rule because we are the survival of the fittest this is pure fascist darwinism and communism folks in fact i want to just tell you this i found this also in my studies this is how i study lord had me read alice bailey i didn't want to read it i put it off didn't want it and through, I saw, I came across Sky Watch TV and people like Tom Warm were, were quoting some of the stuff. And I looked at uh, some of the other folks there and, and Michael Heiser and some of the other people who read some of the stuff and, and Gary Wayne. I go, well, if they can do it, Lord, I guess I can. So, and I, I started looking at Alice Bailey's stuff and I'm going, I can't read this. This is, this is demonic talk. This is, this is demon speak. This is dragon speak. You know, if you ever did any deliverance, have these, these idiots talk to you, um, the demonic world talk to you like that kind of what they sound like you know and especially if they're out in the world they're high pollutant ideas and it's are it, prophecies all over the place i mean i won't go there in fact alice bailey the occultist alice bailey wrote and channeled extensively the same ideas that are found in silent weapon silent war and laid out how to get there starting in 1919 till her death in 1948 let me sum up her main points on how to accomplish this that was channeled to her by the demonic world, fallen watchers, angels, ascendant masters. First, you need to capture the minds of the young through education. We just read that in the Silent Weapon one. Then educate the media, the arts, radio, TV, movies to distract folks by the, and by the, these distractions in order to turn them into good, global, noble citizens for a noble purpose for your betterment we're looking out for you next take over the governments of the world take over commerce business business science and religions and reshape the family 
form a one world religion that is controlled by the state, the elites who are the state, to ensure social order, peace and tranquility, social justice, equality of outcomes and equal distribution of the world's resources used as the means to control any and all dissent. All for the betterment of a new world order, a synthetic one built from the pieces of the old order. That's Alice Bailey I'm summing up for you. Sounds like the seven mountain mandate, doesn't it? Well, it is. It is the seven mountain mandate. And no, get that thought out of your head. If you're thinking that, oh, we have to go into the new age movement and, and capture what was stolen by the devil. That's crap. The Bible says, what part does Bial have with God? Absolutely none. The seven mountain mandate, new age movement has nothing, nothing. That is a distraction to keep you away from ever doing anything about what you're seeing in the world around you, ready to fall apart. You're being captured, hoodwinked is what it is. Go to the, the black and white chessboard and being played like a fool. Psalms 2, verse 1 through 3 says again from the New King James, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against this anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. And Alice Bailey and the weapons uh, of silent war and the world's elites want to break and bonds and reshape the world into their utopia because you us surf boobs are too dumb folks let's connect the dots what we're witnessing today all what i just said explains why much of the church is distracted by skepticism and with signs and wonders with thoughts of power and fire are such skepticism that denies the reality of scripture and it makes it dry boring or just total control okay dominance that goes on inside of churches just distracts you from connecting any dots you don't even they don't even pay attention uh which uh to anything so which causes the majority of the church to fail to connect the dots or warn of any of this because they reason no 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 this can't be there cannot people like this in the united states it can't be like this in the world no 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 we can't believe this that's called psychology alice bailey wanted to take over psychology and use the sciences and psychology also to modify human behavior to ignore the crouching tiger ready to swallow them whole okay into a new world order in fact that book uh, uh, silent warfare weapons of silent warfare that i quoted from talks about using science and technology uh the, the, studying the use of the stress of metals and how to use that economic system how to use these, these uh, laws and principles and economic thing to gain control of the world's resources so you can redistribute them and control the masses And so these people say, no, there can't be anybody like that. The evidence is overwhelming that there is, but no, 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 there can't be. Well, you have Biden, you have O'Harris, you have Harris, you have Obama. Come on, you got it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Biden's phrase. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? There are, there are definitely people like that. We're witnessing the ushering in of the last days that Jesus warned about. 
The crux of this Luciferian, demonically inspired elite class is this. To control all the world's resources, redistribute the crumbs of, of equity to a slave class of a greatly reduced world's population, reduced for the purposes of sustainable development. Agenda 2030. It is a mix of communism and fascism for us, but not for them. They are the benevolent philosopher kings, and we, the deliberately dumbed down control masses, their serfs. All for the betterment of humanity's survival, of course. All for the maintaining social order, peace, tranquility. That's Luciferianism. That's Luciferianism. That's Luciferianism. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. I'm going to read out the New King James. I'm going to paraphrase this, and it might help you understand what actually happened in the Garden of Eden. Just, just, just bear with me this little uh, exercise here to help you reason and think. Something that the world's elites think that's impossible for us stupid boobs. Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, meaning they can control the food sources as the god of the wood, we can control the world's resources. So the woman saw the tree was good for food, we can control as God does the world resources. Woo! That sounds great. That it was pleasant to the eyes. That, that eyes mean knowledge. Knowledge that we can control the world better than God can. We. Okay. So because God limits freedom, we need to lift restraints. We need to eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And she saw that the tree was desirable to make one wise. This makes us wise. God, like philosopher kings, benevolent, of course. So she took its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband, and he ate and said, wow, this is great. This idea, Luciferian idea, goes back to the garden. Without understanding this, Psalms 2, verses 1 through 3, will not make any sense at all. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things and the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break in bonds their pieces and cast away their cords from us? Sounds like the words to Eve. Hmm? Think about it. Guess what? Guess what's going to happen? God's going to wage a type of warfare against these folks and their fallen watcher allies by attacking the very resources and commodities they pompously tout as their own to control what one buys, sells, or eat. Remember, Book of Revelation talks about the mark of the beast. Where this, you see where this is going, right? To begin to grasp Revelation and the seven trumpets and the seven bowls of God's wrath, you got to think warfare. You got to think military science. You got to think military science. You got to understand some of the old gods, the fallen watchers, their storylines. And you'll get a lot more out of the book of Revelation than you ever thought possibly imaginable. Let's read. I'm going to read from these verses in eight chapter Revelation chapter 8, 1 and 2. So grab your Bibles, get there. Let me drink a little more coffee, get hyped up here. <laughs> it's my first cup. And it's still full. It's getting cold. So as you're finding Revelation chapter 8, verses 1, 2, but while you're turning there, What's going to happen here? God is going to carpet bomb the resources that these world's elites and the uh, fallen watchers claim as their right by which they can rule all. He's going to carpet bomb it.
When you think in military terms, this makes absolute sense. All our how longs are going to be answered. Revelations 8, verses 1 and 2 out of the New King James. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who, who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. We see a pause, an interlude, described as silence in heaven for one half hour. This is called eternal time. Most people don't understand eternal time. You have to experience it to know what eternal time is like. Is it a literal 30 minutes? It could be. It could be. Who knows how long? It's a, to me, it's eternal time. I have a grasp of it. So, because my testimony doesn't make me, it, that does not make me special, nor does it give me a right to tout any new revelations, just because I had an after death experience. I just understand something that a lot of people kind of miss. And uh, so, it doesn't make me any great person or anything like that. I'm, I, I'm still here. <laughs> you know, I've been married, let's say, 32 years, and my wife can tell you uh, plenty of my faults, okay? So, <laughs> anyway, I digress. So, there's a half hour in heaven of silence. Next, John witnesses the seven angels receiving seven tr trumpets, trumpets that give orders of battle to be carried out against the resources that make the elite class rule and control the masses. Because they pompous, pompously declare in this writing about silent warfare and the elites think all the world's resources are theirs because they own it all. Okay? But before they sound the trumpets, the seventh seal needs to be opened. And you look at Revelations 8.3. Then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar and was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which is before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascend before God from the angel's hands or the messenger's hands. What's this talking about? It, this, this goes back to Revelations chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Because here, the saint, there's the word altar is used, and the altar is of he uh, is found in Revelation six, nine, and ten. That mentions the prayers of the saints who prayed, "How long? How long will evil prosper?" Listen again to Revelation six, verses nine and ten. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they had, they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you until you judge and avenge your blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said of them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. Go back and into that when my study on that part of the seal to understand that. So in Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, we are back at the same altar. The how long is now going to be answered because what will, what, what's, what, what, look what the angel does. Then the angel took the censer of the prayers, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thundering, lightnings, and earthquakes. The prayers are about ready to be answered. Next, we see the seven trumpets begin to sound to move troops onto the attack. 
Revelation chapter 8, verse 6. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown up to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and the green grass was burned up. This includes wheat, too. In other words, one-third of the resources that, they, that the elites use as commodities to control the masses is burned up. What the fallen watchers think they control. Ancient pagan religions have these, 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 these agrarian pagan rites and worship this stuff. They think they control it. Revelations 8.8. 8. And the second angel sounded in something like a great mountain burning with fire thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. God's carpet bombing. One third of the elite's uh, uh, use of the commodities to control the masses is ruined and destroyed as well as their ships for commerce. You go, oh, this sounds so cruel. We're just innocent boobs out here. We just, we just, we just, we just love his love. And, you know, God's so good and loving. He wouldn't dare do this. Well, stop sticking your finger in his eye and demanding him to surrender and bow down and give him the boot. Revelations 8.10. The third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and in the springs of the water. And the name of the star is Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many of the men died from the water because it was made bitter. So one third of the, of the resources that the elites use as commodities to control the masses is destroyed. Revelations 8.12. Then the fourth angel sounded and a third from the sun was struck and the third of the moon and the third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened and the third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. In other words, what is required to grow food and maintain life is stopped so that one third of the resources that the elites claim as their rights to control is gone. Why do the nations rage and plot a vain thing? Hallelujah. Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that they can control as God all the world's resources, that it was pleasant to the eyes, that we had the knowledge that we can control the world better than God can, because God limits freedom. So let's lift all restraints. Because this tree that we eat from makes us one wise to be godlike philosopher kings. So she took the fruit, she gave to her husband, and he ate and said, Hallelujah, babe, this tastes good. Folks, the first four seals, trumpets, bowls of wrath, all share things in common. And they are one third of the resources of the earth are effective, destroyed, which the elites control as their right to maintain social order has now been wiped out. Got to think military, think carpet bombing. With that, please note that the first four seals involve, you know, think of the seventh, yeah, they have four particular category by themselves. And then note that the first four seals just involve the fallen watchers to be unleashed, to attack the very ones they themselves inspire to control it all. God is pitting the nature of evil against itself. The next two seals involve in uh, that we saw in the unleashing of the seven seals, the connecting link that groups them in a group of two are people. 
two houses. One is God's folks, those martyrs under the altar, and those who, who in the world who will cower down because they've been taken control of and they believe the lie. They believe the strong delusion that they believe a lie and they cower in the rocks and hide. And they will never repent because their hearts are so darkened. Why? They want to control it all. They have a right to. Uh, they know what's wise and, wise and best. We need to cast off all restraints. Cast off all the bonds of God meant for our protection. You know, love is love. I mean, if God really loved, he would just let everybody into heaven, even the devil that steal all the streets of gold. You know, no, God should just give, 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 keep giving, give, if he's really good. In this, God proves how evil is evil and what it looks like in the human heart, how people justify it. Come and see. And I looked in verse 13 of uh, Revelation chapter 8, and I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying and with a loud voice, Whoa, whoa, whoa to the inhabitants of the earth, because the sounding blast of the trumpets of the three angels who are about to sound. So the two groups of angels of these trumpets are going to involve a particular subject matter, and the, and the last trumpet's going to involve what God's going to do about it. There's four, two, last seal trumpet, bowl of wrath pattern is found in each one of those seals, indicating God's divine intelligence. If you know how to read the numbers and what they mean, I'll share that later. Uh, it just is a summary of what the book of Revelation is about. It doesn't add to it, nor does it subtract to it. It's just a God's commentary of what he's going to do summed up like a summary like i would summarize or you can summarize a book of revelation when you add those numbers together i'm not going to go there right yet this is the same pattern of commonality of the first four then the next two and then the last seal trumpet or bowl of god's wrath contain the common themes okay they have common themes so we're going to look at the next two common themes the fifth and sixth seal the fifth and sixth seal that's found in Revelation 9 are related to the fallen watchers who are unleashed on earth, along with one who will possess uh, the Antichrist, in my opinion. Some people say no. I don't know. I'm just saying it's one who's going to help the Antichrist rise to become a world leader. As the very loving tyrant king desired by the world's elites and even some in the church along with it the very demonic world being unleashed to afflict the wicked who plot vain things. That's what's going to happen. So let's look. Revelation 9, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven, fall from heaven to earth. To him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and the smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Verse 3, chapter 9. And out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them it was given power, as scorpions of the earth and have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days men will seek death and will not find it. And they will desire to die, but death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle, and their heads were, cr were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. 
They have breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings is like the sound of chariots with many horses running to battle. They have tails like scorpions, and there are stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek his name is Apollon, a.k.a. Apollo. One well was passed, behold, still two more woes are coming. So what's going to be unleashed is the host of hell to prepare for the rise of the Antichrist, Apollon, Apollo. That's what that's saying. Oh, that's just a myth, a harmless myth, you know. It's a great story for Star Trek, you know. With Apollo. <sighs> So let me try to quickly break this down as much as I can. I can't go into a lot of details with this right now. So this pattern here is going to unleashing of the host of hell from the bottomless pit to help the rise of the beast here, the Antichrist. What's going to happen? And um, this is related to the fallen watchers and the demonic forces being unleashed fully upon the earth to give the occult world what they really want, what they've been uh, sacrificing to and chanting to and going to Burning Man celebrations. It's going to be actualized. They're going to really see what these entities are really like because they want to rob, kill, and them, and they will do it. So, bucko, enjoy the ride if you're a Luciferian because they're coming after you they can care less about you they got you fooled they got you hoodwinked you ain't gonna get no power all you're gonna get is half the host of hell to torment you think about it and so there's locusts i don't know what all this means i can break it down and go into a lot of details but i'm going to spare you for time's sake i might go back into this and you can speculate on what these, but I just thought this was interesting. They will afflict with a sting, and, and the sting is going to hurt like a scorpion sting. It's very exceedingly painful. It's not going to kill you. So I, I got a hypothesis here. Now there, since the elites are going to use a pandemic and social unrest and lawlessness to collapse the world's economic system, to reset the world's economy so they can control it all, and decide who lives and who dies. They want to reduce the world's population to at least 3 billion right now before we reduce it to 500 million. And, and we got it written in their documents. It's all over the place. There's videos about it from their own websites. It's from the UN World Economic Forum. Uh, they're very open about what they want to do. So they have Claydex, Event 201, and the need to get a, a vaccine fast, 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 fast. The two... Um, Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize winning scientists, two women who who just really made breakthroughs in CRISPR technology. Well, one of the women, uh, the American, had a dream that about her CRISPR technology. It's all on the Internet, but still there. And went into a room when she saw somebody turned the chair and was Adolf Hitler. Yes, I'm buying your product. And so the CRISPR technology uses RNA technology in order to alter the, the genes to make people immune to diseases, so forth. It sounds great, right? But nobody has really tested this. So you have a COVID-19 virus, okay, which amazingly mask and hand washing is not reducing because now that's epidemic portion, but we're told to wear a mask 
and do a lot of hand washing. Yet the flu, the common flu, is at an all-time almost non-existent level on the CDC's own website, but COVID is spiking. So everybody now will have to get a fast-track vaccine with RNA technology. What happens if you get the vaccine and sometime down the pike, whenever this happens, you suddenly get pain in your body because the RNA messes up something like a scorpion sting? Think about it. It's a possibility. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it makes sense to me. And so then you have here, it looks like these, these, these to me look like demonic entities. If anybody's ever seen a demonic entity in there or a shadow person or, or, or one of those shapes or ever felt the presence of evil, you'll understand what, what these are. They have a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is Abaddon, but in Greek, his name is Apollyon, Apollo, who's going to be the Antichrist. See, Apollo was blended with the sun deity through all this stuff. Probably always has been. But according to the uh, mythology of, of Apollo, he was going to uh, bring the sun deity out of the abyss. Okay. But looks like how these things work. They kind of blended the two together. So just kind of help you understand these pagan storylines because they are very confusing. But Apollon, Apollo, the destroyer. So the four angels, so look at verse 15, or verse 13 in chapter 9. Let's wrap this up real quick here. Revelations 9, 13 says this. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice of the four horns of the altar, which is set before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates. So the subject heading of the next two trumpets the unleashing of the demonic kingdom on earth and the unleashing of four head top leading fallen watchers that the Bible mentions in the book of Jude and in Peter as being chained in the depths of darkness. In my opinion, these are the top commanding uh, fallen watchers that were imprisoned for their crimes against humanity in Genesis chapter 6. I identified at least three. I'm trying to work on the fourth. One would be Inki, Inlil, Ninharsag, okay? And since the Antichrist is coming up, possibly Apollo or Yutu Shamash, the sun deity. Those probably, um, I'm using the Mesopotamian, I'm more familiar with the Mesopotamian than I am with the Greek, even though I studied the Greek gods too, and, and, and the Canaanite and all that. I just had to wrap my head, stick with the Mesopotamian so I can wrap my head around it. So that's, those are the four, in my opinion. These four angels who had been prepared for the hour, day, and month, and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. Why I say that? Because the gods of war, these pagan entities, these uh, that people worship, these, these war gods are going to be unleashed. Okay? Now I want you to think. There's going to be an invasion across from the Euphrates into the nation of Israel and, and into the world, okay, by a very large army of 200 million. There are armies in several countries that reach that currently. So this is not some pie-in-the-sky pipe dream, okay? I want you to think for a second. Think military terms. Think God pitting enemies against each other, okay? Here the very elites are forced to war against each other due to what? Scarce resources. The very thing their utopia 
vision thought sought to end. Now war is upon them. They have to struggle because one third of everything is gone. They're going to be fighting against each other. They're going to go to some place like a hook in their mouth, being drawn to the slaughter. Think about it. Yeah, you know, the Bible says something inter interesting. When they say peace and safety, what sudden destruction comes? Verse 17 of chapter 9 of Revelation says, Thus I saw the horse and the vision, and, though, and, and those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. Horses, back in the ancient days, were not used to, to, to plow with. They were used to war. So these are war horses, and whatever they set on them, you let your mind wander. I, I'm not going to go into all the details of what all the war, uh, fiery red is war. Uh, highest in blue means uh, sort of secret knowledge from heaven to wage war. Sulfur yellow uh, has its own meaning. I can't remember what that means. Heads of the horses are like heads of lions. They, they roar or something. Out of their mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. This possibly could be military vehicles of some type, missiles, tanks of the 200 million, most likely. I don't know, but I'm just saying. Which fits the armies of the East actually being red. Red China, red North Korea. <laughs> they have high ideas about heaven their idea of heaven is communism sulfur yellow purity but a stench of death a ball okay just think in verse 18 by these three plagues a third of the mankind was killed oh one fourth or one third was already killed so at least two thirds of humanity are killed by the fire the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouth because they're going to war over scarce resources so one third of the population that the world's elite economically to controls to maintain their elite lifestyle is now gone. And the war upon them that they sought to avoid. But they don't realize the depths of iniquity in their own heart. And who they're listening to ain't out for their best interest. Revelations 9.19 For their power is in their mouth and their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads with them. They do harm. That's an amazing thing is found in the verse 20. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Verse 21, and they did not repent of their murders or of their sorceries or of their sexual immorality in their heart. They're like Eve. We don't need no boundaries. Let's cast off the Lord's restraints. We don't need that. We can make our own utopia. We're good. We're noble. We, listening to these fallen watchers, who have our best interest in heart, they are the ascendant masters, looking out for humanity's good, guiding us to a better utopia. How dare God hurt us? We have the most noblest of goals. Our love is far superior than God. God's love has restraints and boundaries to protect us. I mean, I mean, we need to let our children play in viper's dens. We need to let them drink rat poison. At least that, that'll help decrease the world's population. See, we're looking out for you and you're good. You know, we have climate 
change. And, and if we don't maintain climate change, everybody's going to die. So we got to decrease the world's population. So let, let's let our kids set up their swing sets in the middle of the interstate highway and play touch football in the middle of a busy two-lane highway. Hallelujah. Let's reduce the world's population. We're looking out for you because we are know what's best for you. Let's have the sexually immoral lifestyles because we can, can uh, guess what? Cure the diseases now through RNA technology. You can sin with abandon and get away with it. We have deceived God boundaries. We have broken bonds. We have broken pieces of bonds. Hey, aren't we something? Pat yourself on the back, you proud pompous ass. See what you have done. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries of their sexual immorality and their thefts. Revelation 10 describes another pause when the seven thunders are heard, but no one knows what they're about, and they are sealed, and to this day, nobody knows what they are. For now, understand that this is war. Fought on a military scale, the likes what the elites use in silent war is, in other words, God's going to knock out the enemy's economic production base, uh, their slave class population, who supplies the muscles to make their economic ideas and engines work. In other words, the serfs, the slave class, slave class, slave class, only exist to help the overseers exist to control them so the elites can live as philosopher kings. High on the hog. Communism, fascism for you, freedom for them. Because they deserve it. They're looking out for your best. And the whole world believes a lie because that's what they want. God sends a strong delusion giving them what they want. That's part of God's plan, you know. If you don't want me, here's the world. What it looks like you know, with these entities in control. They're going to rob, kill, and destroy you. Have at it. I'm going to answer the prayers of my saints that say, How long, O oh Lord? Because I know they care about me. I've been patient, kind, good. Make the rain fall on the just. I own the earth. I water it. I may. I know. I provide the food. I give you all your things, and you stick your finger in my eye. Enough is enough. Love angered is a profound thing no one can stand against. Try stealing a baby cub from a mother bear and find out what happens to you. Love protects. It disciplines. And it has boundaries for your own protection and good. And the world elites want to cast off those restraints with anything goes. Opening up the door for the enemy to come in. And destroy everything you ever known. So folks, with that I'm going to end. We'll continue later. I, I was going to go into chapter 10. But I think I'm going to share chapter 10 a little bit um, more a little bit later. Because chapter 10 describes the pause, the seven thunders, and uh, what the last trumpet does. And it's, uh, in fact, let me, uh, let me just go down here and see if I can do this. If I can find the verse so you can understand where I'm going here. Verse 7 of chapter 10 says, But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. Okay? 
Then you go down to the last verse, verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 11. And the angel said to John, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. So the uh, seventh angel hasn't sounded yet. I don't care who tells you that's already sounded. He hasn't sounded yet because uh, the end time prophecies haven't all come to pass yet. I'll explain that a little bit more as we go. But I hope you got something out of it and see that God means business. Enough is enough is enough is enough is enough. So revelation is about when enough and enough enough has happens and how he wages war and the likes you've never seen that fits the mindset of of those folks. And I'm going to go back to this last verse here if I can find it. Psalms 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain thing? The kings of the earth, the world's elites, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his Lord and his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords. But he, the Lord who sits in heaven, will laugh, and the Lord shall hold them in derision. He shall speak to them in his wrath and in distress and his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. We'll see this in the book of Revelation happen. I will decree the decree the Lord God the Lord has said to me, you're my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me, I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. And you shall break them with a rod of iron. And you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Profoundly prophetic scripture that matches what the book of Revelation is all about. With that, you be blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs> if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Hit the subscribe button, ring the bell, like the page, whatever you got to do, and get the word out. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I look at a few uh, um, comments here. Let's see. Okay. Sonia. Uh, Sonia. She has, I have a question about the Antichrist. If he is a person, does he know that he is the Antichrist or someone who thinks doing the good thing, but instead is breaking God's law? Maybe he doesn't know. The Antichrist, according to the scripture, to the book of Daniel, which we'll re, uh, go into more as we go into the book of Revelation, knows who he is and knows what he's about. He has no question. So, yes, he knows who exactly he is. In my opinion, he will be a human being that is possessed by the, what I would call the spirit of Nurgle, <laughs> Apollo, uh, I, I, some of the other names of these gods are all finger puppets of the same thing, and fully possessed by this entity probably from the day he was born. That's how those things operate. Joe Bird says we may have had Cyrus, but we're but we're about to have Nimrod. <laughs> oh my! You don't know how, how close and accurate you are because it goes back to that dream. Nimrod wanted to restore the Golden Dawn dream. Uh, I think it's in the Book of Josephus and, to, and the history of the Jewish people. He writes about Nimrod. And I, I I don't want to quote from my frail memory on that. It's been a while since I read it. But Nimrod wasn't a nice guy. He hunted souls 
to make slaves, a ruling elite class and slave class to build a tower to heaven. Okay, so the Tower of Babel. So I won't get into all that, but um, yeah, that's basically the template <laughs> happening again. Antiochus Epiphanes. These were forerunners of the Antichrist. Their personality traits is what to look for from the real Antichrist. Third times the charm are uh, God judges by threefold witness. So the third appearance of some some human agent who thinks he owns it all and, and whatever is going to appear, the Antichrist, with slying signs and wonders like you haven't even seen, and come as the Messiah to the earth with man's best interest in heart. Peace and safety has arrived and sudden destruction comes when the trumpets blow. Because God has had enough. Because this, this Antichrist is going to go to war against God's people, the Jewish people. And before the tribulation starts, the spirit of Antichrist is at work. If you're following me, the spirit of Antichrist is at work making war against God's saints too. So we are about to enter into a very dark period. I tried to tell people on Omega Man Radio the other night um, the parable of the ten, ten virgins, they call it, in Matthew chapter 25. I'll paraphrase to help you understand uh, what is being said. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, does not condone, condone polygamy. Uh, the Jewish custom of the day, uh, this describes a process or a test. You have two brides and they're four bridesmaids. Uh, so five, uh, five of one group were wise and five of the other group were uh, foolish, morose, <laughs> morally worthless, sponges. They want to sponge off everything. They, they, in other words, how is the Lord going to decide who to take and who, who, who not to take? Okay, that's <laughs> what he's saying. He wants you to be wise, prudent, and sensible in your relationship with God and other people. You want to have a relationship. You want to find out about the Lord. The bridesmaids are preparing the bride, the wise bride, uh, to get to know the, the bridegroom. And they're looking forward. That's, you know, we're, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. The foolish were saying, we're just going to marry him for his money so we can sponge off of him. Because, you know, I'm so pretty, you know. Uh, you know, the hippie booty girls, you know, the, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, and um, the Bachelorette, whatever, I, I never watched that show, but you know, <clears throat> I saw a clip of it, and that's what it reminded me of the foolish <laughs> looking to try to win the bridegroom. All they want is his money. They don't want him. So uh, the Lord's doing a test. Who really desires me? And who is foolish just wants what I can offer. So he has a test. A cry goes out, the bridegroom cometh. And so it was the middle of the night. All, and they were sleeping. The foolish and the, and the others were sleeping. This tells me that it was very, very dark. This is, that means darkness as it encroaches. This spirit of antichrist is on the rise. People of God are being persecuted like you've never seen before. You're forced to basically hunker down. Um, you still meet, you still pray, but if you do, you probably get thrown in jail. Uh, I tell you what, they're going to alter the Bible or outlaw it because, as hate speech. All kinds of things will happen. It's going to get very dark. And I try to tell people right now, the sun is setting. 
It's still in the sky. It's, 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 it's evening, but the sun hasn't fully set yet, and the darkness hasn't fully set in yet. And so by resting, this is described, I'm resting in the Lord. And so the wise are resting in the Lord, fellowshipping with each other and getting to know the Lord. And then the cry goes out at midnight. So there's going to be some cry, some forewarning. He cometh. Okay. The foolish are going to say, like morally worthless sponge addicts do, come on, give us your oil. You know, it's better to give than receive. You know, come on. No. What the wise and prudent are going to say, go back to your own merchants, your own preachers, your own teachers who teach you how to get wealth, wealth transfer, so forth, etc. how to be good skeptics. Go to them and get your oil because they don't have any. Or the oil they have is probably a really low quality. Go back to them. That was wise because they know if they give to them, they're not going to have enough. There's a time you got to make a break with these people. That's coming. Hasn't got here totally yet, but it's coming. I'm feeling like it's coming. Break away from them. You can't waste your time on foolish, morose sponge addicts who are going to drain you dry. Waste your time. Take all your oil so you don't have enough for your, your, yourself. But the wise ones kept their oil, the Holy Spirit in full measure, learning of who the Lord is. They're resting in him, and they go out, take their journey, and go in with the bridegroom. That's the message Jesus was talking about. And where we're at, in my personal opinion, is the sun's getting ready to set. And darkness is ready to take over the entire world. Not just one country, the entire world. Just like that Silent Weapons article or that book I read from, which I have on PDF now. Says, I just read a part, Steve. I didn't read it all. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of work. And as you read it, you go, I'm seeing this stuff. This is happening. It's happening now. This is not some made up thing. This is happening. It's happening. And it explains why evil get away with it. They have an agenda. They have a plan. World elite, the ruling class, to rule over you with their overseers. You dumb serfs. We have to reduce the population. And everyone goes, oh, they're out for our best interest, but they want to reduce the world's population. One child, one planet. Um, and they're saying that within 50 to 100 years, if everyone did that, we'll reduce the world's population to 3 billion. They want to reduce the world's population too many people. Did you know that there's like close to 8 billion people now? But 8 billion people can all live in the continent of Africa, one continent they can live in. All 8 billion can fit and literally live in one continent the size of Africa. I want you to roll that around in your, in, in your head. So you want to reduce the world's population. Then they get mad because uh, God's doing away with evil. How mean he, he doesn't want you to have any fun. You know, we're all about fairness. We're all about, you know, anything goes. We heal our own diseases. Oh, boy. We must cast away the bonds of God. He's too restrictive. All God says is don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And people just keep chowing down on it. Because <sighs> they believe the delusion that they should believe the lie. Keep chowing down. You wise old fools. 
Okay, ah, enough of me preaching. Get my blood boiling here. <laughs> okay. Bow Bow says, fascinating thing is, yeah, is the seven thunders. Well, the thunder, seven thunders are fascinating, but it's sealed. But I will, um, should I do this or do this not? I said that um, if you know how to read the numbers, and the numbers will give a commentary of what the book of Revelation, the summary of the book of Revelation. You take the, the seven uh, seals, the seven trumpets, the seven thunders, and the seven bowls of wrath, and you add them in sequential numbers, you get the, uh, what is it, 7, 14, 21, and 28. Each one of those have meaning. I wasn't going to do this. Let me see if like, I have this here. And if I have it, I will read it to you. Okay, do I have it here? Okay. So if you had, so you add these four sevens together sequentially, and you get these numbers, 7, 14, 21, and 28. Those numbers have specifically defined biblical numeric meanings. It's not Kabbalah, nor is it Chaldean numerology I'm talking about. This is established meanings of these words. So you have established biblical definitions with their shades of meaning in it, depending on the context of how they use. Go back to my study uh, on Bible numbers and you get a, a background in what I'm talking about. So you, the correct shade of meaning comes from the context. So let me give you the interpretation of these numbers, 7, 14, 21, and 28. We add all four of these sevens together. Listen to what it says. In the bottom line, number seven is a picture of God's plow, remember, okay? And it means plowing to perfection, wholeness, and soundness. That's the idea behind it. So number seven, God is plowing and warring to make whole and sound. Perfect by number 14, fulfilling a promise oath to deliver salvation and release from number 21. Great distress caused by lawlessness and major rebellion and twisting of truth off the right path. For those who, number 28, received eternal life, which consists largely of leading of God's spirit in the inner chamber of the heart, back to one's full purpose in life, which is found in Revelation chapter 21 in the new heavens and new earth. I like those apples. <laughs> That's God's summary of the book of Revelation. You're not adding to it, nor are you subtracting to it. It's a summary like, you know, anyone can do a summary and not violate that part of the scripture. There's nothing being added into the text. It just explains what the book of Revelation is about and why God's doing the bowls of wrath and the seven trumpets and the seven seals. He's fulfilling his oath and promise of deliverance to answer the how longs of your heart. All caused by the lawlessness and the major rebellion and the twisting of truth you see in the world today. For those who have received eternal life, he's coming back. You have heaven to live in an eternity in the boundaries of God's protective love. You have just learned the most valuable lesson you could ever learn. Live to tell about it because you're forgiven of God. Don't rebel. And he seals you never to be able to rebel again. And you live in those boundaries of God's protective love. And I'm going to borrow a little bit of Michael Heiser here. You actually will come back to be part of God's heavenly council. Be very busy. Uh, and it is very enjoyable in heaven, trust me, it really is. 
and uh, God doesn't want nothing impure to enter in it, ruin it again. And thus all evil is dealt with justly, fairly, beyond any way any one can think. A new heavens and earth, no more sin, sickness, no more death. Everything is perfect. That's where God wants to take us for those who have eternal life. If you don't have eternal life, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I see that I'm a wretch. I'm a sinner. I blew it. I make life ugly. However you want to put it, think of all the stuff you've done. Ask the Lord forgive you in heartfelt prayer. And he will do the rest supernaturally in your life. Okay? He'll get you in the right place with the right people. Keep you away from the wrong ones. He'll pull you out of jams. He'll heal your heart. He'll do things and prepare you to enter into his rest. Okay. Person with the avatar named Jesus Saves says, Such a sorrow over my heart this morning, feeling like feeling the darkness roll in, even reflected in the weather today. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, a lot of people are feeling the darkness roll in. That's why I keep saying that the sun is setting. <laughs> and if a certain individual does get into office and complete power, it's a flood. Uh, Trump will never win the 2024 election. It's over. It's one world government, like it or not. So yeah, you 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 do you do sense great darkness, like a lot of people do, including myself. But look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Know that the Lord has a plan and a purpose. He's going to carpet bomb all this stuff. And Revelation is to provide some comfort, explain the meaning of it to you, and prove that people love darkness more than light. They don't want God's protective boundaries. They think it's restrictive and mean-spirited. But you, we all take care of our own kids. We set boundaries. We don't want them drinking out of Drano out of the out of the bathroom closet. We don't want them playing a football in the middle of the interstate highway. We don't want them thinking they're Superman jumping off of buildings with a single bound. We don't want them hurting, you know, your brother and sisters or brothers and brothers, you know, they start beating each other up and you want to stop it because it causes harm. You look out and protect your own kids and people have the audacity to say, how dare God do that for us and set boundaries for us? That's mean. That's cruel. So who's being oppressive? Who's being cruel? Who's being mean? Who's being the oppressor? Not God. Or those who believe a lie. With that, I better get going. You guys be blessed in Jesus' name. With that, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you give strength and purpose of heart to all who are listening today. Give them strength in the night that's coming. Give them strength in their hearts. Give us all strength, Lord. We need strength. Give us rest. Let us get close to you. Times will get rough before they get better. And Lord, keep us in your arms. Keep us far away from the evil one. And Lord, count us worthy to escape all these things and stand before you. Keep us wise and watching for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
And guys, be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.